Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. We don't do this very often at TFL Talking Trucks Podcast, but this is a two-parter, and this is the second part, part two. Yes, and plain Roman's proxy, it's Nathan. Hi, how are you? Or is Roman your proxy? No. No? No, he won't pay me if I say that. This is Andre, and of course we have a producer... Jay. Jay, yeah, Jay's there. Wake up, Jay. I'm here. Oh, I'm wide awake. Uh Okay, so we, uh, of the first episode, talked about the uh, compact and midsize pickup trucks, what we like and don't like in terms of their towing capability. And their engines. And their engines. And now we're working our way up to the biggest bracket, I think, which is, of course, a full-size pickup truck. Yeah, and heavy duties, too. Indeed. So we're going to be discussing our experiences. We've been towing on the Ike Gauntlet World Toughness Towing Test for over nine years. Mm -hmm. Uh, We basically have towed with every type of engine. So what we're trying to get to the bottom of, which engine in each category is, is the best? Is it a gasoline one? Is it a turbocharged one? Is it a standard one? Is it a diesel? Or is it maybe even electric? And one of the interesting things is it's not as easy as you think to calculate because even if it does well on the Ike, maybe it doesn't that do that well in other circumstances. And we're going to talk about that a little bit as well. Yeah, so let's start with the most popular segment, of course, in the country, which is the half-ton full-size segment, like you said. Correct. This is the F-150. This is the Silverado 1500. This is the Ram 1500. Nissan and Toyota. Indeed. So these trucks all together comprise... Oh, three or four million sold a year, something around that level? Potentially, right, yeah. So, for example, Jay, like Ford sells, uh, well, like 800,000 F-Series, and about half a million of those are F-150s. Right. Mm -hmm. And GM is, of course, selling many, many as well. So these are huge numbers. Yeah, there's there's millions of these trucks sold every year. Obviously, right now, things are a little bit down, but nonetheless, they sell a ton. And I want to include Rivian in here. But that's not really a half ton, is it? Well, it's kind of in between. What do you think, Jay? Well, I mean, it's it's interesting because the Rivian is sort of like in somewhat of a size class of its own. You know, it's not exactly full size, but it's definitely bigger than like the mid-size one. So I'm not really so sure whether I could honestly call it full size, but, but. it's pretty big. Well, it has kind of full-size capability as far as, far as numbers. Oh, and hell, some of them are almost heavy-duty capability. It's well, bizarre. Well, well, yeah, it's torque, it's heavy-duty. Yeah. <laughs> it's towing, is half-ton, and its size is almost mid-size. So it's kind of a weird animal. You know what I'm going to call it? What? The Rivian Dakota. Ooh. Ooh. Because that sits right in the middle, right? It yeah. used to, and, and it's yes. not here anymore, obviously, but the, the Rivian is almost there. And I really did enjoy driving the Rivian, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. I, I, I think it's pretty good. Um, but uh, there is room for improvement. Yes. So let's talk about, so I think the kings of towing, uh, and we're talking about like between seven and like 9,000 pounds of trailer. Mm-hmm. So this covers the bulk of camping trailers, you know, tandem axle, dual axle trailers, uh, bigger boats, right? Horse trailers, anything like that. 
So that's what we're talking about, towing between about seven and 9,000. Which, by the way, another category is flatbed trailers that are hauling cars, trucks, and or uh, off-roaders. Kind of like we are doing. Kind of like we're doing. If, for those of you who can't see this image, we're towing our Ford uh, F100 exactly. project truck using the Rivian. And that, by the way, is a very popular video. I do recommend seeing it on TFL Truck. But the other part of it is that this is something that's very popular. A lot of you guys use flatbeds, which weigh anywhere between 1,500 and 3,000 pounds, to tow or to load something and tow it. Yeah, like a, your toy, your off-roader, right? Or maybe you've purchased a vehicle that you need to get somewhere, right? Right. We've seen a lot of these going to Moab, Utah, by the way. I mean, you think <laughs> yeah. about how many trailers we pass that are loaded with Jeeps and whatnot. It's incredible. So that's also what we're talking about. Yes, and before we move on, I want to thank some Patreon supporters. Please do oh, yeah. as well. So we have three recently who um, supported us on patreon.com slash tflcar, which is our only page. Rick Smith, uh, Manny Martinez, and Matt Klassen. And Matt is from Canada. Oh, wow. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matt. We yes. appreciate it. Guys, we appreciate everything you do on Patreon because without your help, we would not be here. So thank you. Exactly. So, but, so we're, when we're talking about capability, especially if you want to cross any hilly area or mountains uh, on the East Coast or the West Coast, you need torque, right? Torque is the mother of towing. And that's where the twin turbocharged engines are coming in, right? So Ford introduced their EcoBoost, and then now Toyota is following suit. And, with their, and soon there's going to be a Ram as well. And we're thinking Ram with their twin turbocharged straight six gas engine. Right. I, I think that's coming soon. So there are two things that I wanted to mention about towing with a turbocharged V6, like a Ford F1, F-150, mm -hmm. is super powerful, right? Yes. So um, a lot of torque, and it gets up there to speed really fast, but thirsty, unfortunately. Yeah, there's a trade-off. Uh, the whole eco-boost thing, Roman says it this way. He says it's either eco or boost, not both. So you're either driving casually and getting decent mileage, or you're into the boost and as such you're not getting very good mileage. And actually we've proven that, especially with towing up the Ike. Yeah, and uh, many, many times. And usually we have to maintain 60 miles an hour mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, up the mountain, uh, yeah. right? Which is the speed limit. Right. And the EcoBoost engines have no issue with this. Uh, you know, partial throttle, even the new Tundra, right, uh, the, that we tested together, same thing. Partial throttle, heavy trailer behind it, just kind of casually goes up the mountain. Actually, I got to say that Toyota behaved a little bit differently than the EcoBoosts. It was just such low RPM, and it was still creating boost and flying up that hill. So it had a very different type of feel to it. Now, both of those vehicles, by the way, the F1-F100-F150s and the uh, Toyota, they both have 10-speed automatic transmissions as well. So pretty much the most modern version of a transmission that's currently available in gas-powered trucks, right? Yeah, but um, going up is just part of the uh, experience, right? Bingo. Going down is more important, I would say. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, here we're talking about kind of grade shifting, uh, which is where basically the transmission helps you out. Uh, downshifts for you, especially in a turbocharged engine, it can help with you know creating back pressure and kind of slowing you down. Right. Now, some vehicles do this automatically and some don't. That's one of the things we test when we do our downhill run. One of the reasons why we keep it between 50 and 60 miles per hour going downhill is because, and we're usually in tow mode, unless it doesn't have tow mode actually, 
Um, and we do not manually shift it unless there are special circumstances. But 90% of the time we don't do that. And it's interesting because some of the vehicles we test will actually drop the gear for you and keep you in that sweet spot, which means less brake applications, which of course is safer in our minds going down a hill. The more applications braking-wise that you have to do, and we do it when we hit 60 miles per hour, we hit the brake and we drop down to around 50 and then let it go back up. Now, if you can preserve those brakes for a long period of time, that's a good thing. That's a safety issue. So if you have to keep slamming on the brakes 20 times getting down the hill, that's not good. Yeah, and in this case, well, there's different schools of thought, but really I, I think the right way to do it is obviously have the truck with great shifting and bigger diesels have uh, exhaust brakes as well. Exactly. Um, help you out because if something happens on the highway, you know, um, somebody merges in front of you, that's when you need your brakes. Right. And you and want them ready, right? Right. You, want you don't them want there. them roasted and, yeah. and burning and everything else when you slam on it and you don't have good grab. And you also don't want to lose control of your trailer. There's a million different things you don't want to have happen when you're going down the hill, which is why it's so important to preserve your brakes and to use your transmission, provided that you're not, uh, and, and your engine, provided that you're not overtaxing either of those. Yeah, so... I have an experience recently. We, we did a night gauntlet with mm. two off-road trucks. Um, do you guys know what I'm talking about? I gauntlet with two off-road trucks. I know that the ZR2 was one of them. Yes. Yep. And the other one was... It's kind of big and red. Yes. Yeah, the TRX. TRX. Yeah. yeah, so guess which one out of the Ram TRX and the ZR2, guess which one did better on the downhill, Jay? TRX. Yeah, they did. Yep. Cool. But it didn't just do better. It, it was remarkably good, actually. It actually almost raised the bar. I think it was pretty much the best so result we, we could possibly We had one brake application. So normally, okay. like uh, in previous years, like 2019, 2020, mm -hmm. we've had about 10 brake applications in this class. Which is considered average. Yeah, and a little bit on the high little, side. Yeah, it's on the high side. Seven, seven, I think, would be average. Wouldn't you yeah, say? yeah. So, uh, like, the fewer, the better, like mm -hmm. we said. Tarek did one, dude. Wow. And it, it just was happy as a clam, same yes. right there. And we kept thinking, you know, is there something wrong? Did he put it in you know, the wrong gear or whatever? <laughs> nope. It just was perfectly happy. It was at its sweet spot with the load. And that load at the time was a 7,000-pound trailer, was it? Yeah, camping trailer, uh, approximately seven plus, yeah. and it just absolutely loved it. It was like a pig and poop. It just was happy, happy, happy. But we also did that same test with the ZR2 Chevrolet, and that wasn't the same thing. And once again, that's on the Ike Gauntlet, which is on TFL Truck. Right? Yeah, yeah, it will be. Um, it's not quite published yet, mm -hmm. as of at least this recording. Ah. Uh, but it's coming very soon. I'm very excited about that video. Um, and so that surprised me because I knew TRX had a lot of power. I wasn't concerned about going up the mountain. Oh, no, me but neither. But going down the mountain, it performed really well. It's the best performance it's ever put. We, we've taken that truck towing many times. And it's, sometimes it's kind of given us a little bit of like, uh-oh, maybe the brakes are being overheated, which is the first thing that happened to us. And other times it's like, mm, maybe it doesn't like to tow. Well, guess what? It kind of does. Well, what about other engines in, in this category? Yes. So we talked a little bit about turbochargers. Right, the Ford uh, EcoBoost. The Ford and Toyota. Right. right. What about GM, for example, and Ram? GM has a very special engine that I think is their best engine, period. And it's not the V8. What? It, no. The, 
in the half-ton truck class, as far as I'm concerned, the General Motors straight-six turbocharged diesel, three-liter, is the best engine in its class for what it does. It's efficient. It tows well. It does everything. And now they have a new one, by the way. I believe it's, well, not a new one, but they have an updated version of that engine as well, which it's is coming out coming soon. coming out, yeah. Right. That's the rumor, yeah. What a fantastic powertrain that is. And it's also hooked up to the 10-speed auto. Yeah, I, w- I would have to agree. Um, we also do a lot of MPG loops. Mm-hmm. Um, so so efficiency is big with diesels, especially in the half-ton segment as well. Right, right. And um, I'm looking at tfltruck.com right now. Um, if we look at our historical data, uh, the Silverado 3-liter uh, diesel is towing is basically at the top of the chart, 12 mm-hmm. MPG. So so it's it's really quite remarkable. And it did really good on the Ike as well. And diesels tend to perform very well on our Ike gauntlet. The reason why is because they're turbocharged. It's, it's one of the reasons, really. And they just have all that low-end torque. And what's interesting is that in the half-ton truck class, uh, they're not the only ones that provide a diesel. In fact, uh, Ford used to <laughs> up until, what, about a year and a half ago? Not Can even. You- when that when did they discontinue the diesel? They announced it about a year or so ago. Uh, so it's still you know it came as a surprise to everybody. Because it wasn't around for very long. No, they yeah. they, they want, mm-hmm. it was only put into the F one fifty, what maybe two model years ago, something like that. Yeah, twenty eighteen ish. Remember well, yeah, you, Roman, and maybe Mister Truck even was yep. with us. Yeah, uh, we tested that Ford diesel. That's right, and that diesel was uh, sourced from a Rover diesel, I believe. Land so, Rover. Yeah. Well, because it's kind of related. They it was were related, so related to Ford. Yeah. And it performed good. It's a good diesel, but it's just compared to the one that Ram has in the especially compared to General Motors, it just couldn't compete. But I think the reason they got out, got rid of it was not because of that but because of the hybrid. Exactly. That's your fault, Andre. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> yep. I, I, I agree. Blame Andre. Yeah. Thanks. No, I, I agree 100% <laughs> because you know what the hybrid did. Uh, it got more than diesel torque, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And it has uh, gasoline horsepower. Yeah. So it was more powerful, more torquey, and potentially, in some instances, a little bit more efficient. Right. Maybe not on a long highway trip, but around city it was very efficient. Extremely efficient. And that's partly due to the regenerative braking and the fact that you have that extra little boost coming in from the uh, electric motor. But there's more to that. Um, I personally think that the hybrid setup in the Ford F-150, which basically is an EcoBoost combined with a hybrid system, is the best of both worlds. And as much as I hate to admire Andre and his truck, I do, because it it does more than that. It actually has an available power. Was it nine point seven watt? Uh, 7.2 in the hybrid. Seven point two. Sorry, I'm thinking of the electric truck. Ooh, Seven, you just had your experience with the light. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. But I wanted to mention that that component because it means that that truck, his truck, can act like a generator at a campsite or a work site, which is extremely efficient for those people who need to work with electric power tools. And on top of all that, it drives like a regular pickup truck. There's no major difference. I can't tell a difference when I'm driving mm-hmm. one. So, yeah, you do pay a premium to get the powertrain, but at the same time, you're not only saving money in terms of gas, for the most part, but you're also getting this extra bit of kit, which makes this truck extremely utilitarian. Yeah, totally. And um, I think if I was to count down, so the only negative of the hybrid, of the F-150, um, is really it's kind of long 
uh, long haul towing uh, efficiency. Right. Because and we've proved it already once, at least once, mm-hmm. uh, when we compared it, um, you know, heavy duty versus light duty truck. We, we've done that video, and the F one fifty hybrid did not impress on a, on a highway loop. It was it was actually abysmal. It was like 7.8 MPG towing a big camper, which is not good. Why do you think that is? I think that is because when you're, you know, pushing a big, you know, sail behind you, which is a big camping trailer, uh, which is very heavy, mm-hmm. you're in that gasoline power, right? Because the, the battery in the hybrid is very small, one and a half kilowatt hour, right? right. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of meant for regening, right? Stopping a little bit in the city and improving. Um, of, from there, but towing on a highway at 70 miles an hour, which is what we do, the hybrid just always uses those turbos. That's my impression, and I think that's why the efficiency goes down. I have a little bit more to that. Yeah, just a thought. I know that even even with a big, heavy, chunky pickup truck, extra weight is your enemy. Just like my issue. My uh, yes. So. What extra weight do you have? Well, you have that battery you mentioned, and you have all the other components that lead to the powertrain for the hybrid. As such, there's a little bit of parasitic drag, and then on top of that, regular drag with extra weight. And I think that also affects the fuel economy. Yes. But we discussed this last time in part one. What is the most part, what's the most important part of towing heavy? What what is what does it depend on? Are you, are you pointing to me or, or, or uh, well, in general? Uh, Jay. Okay, Jay. Torque. No. Horsepower. No. No. It's cooling. Uh, it's cooling yeah. and, and and actual like radiator size transmission cooling. Uh, I overheated my F one fifty hybrid by the way once. That's right, you did. I remember yeah. you. Came so in so and... that's very very important. So I'm bringing it up because. Uh, the I just kind of want to give you a perspective, the audience, mm-hmm. you guys, and we'll have some questions from uh, from you that we'll answer as well. Right, uh, Jay, we have one from Patreon. Yep, I believe uh, that we can take a look at. But here's what I want to say, um, because you're probably wondering, I don't want to pay for the hybrid, right? Mm-hmm. It's expensive, it, it, additional complication. It is complexity. Yeah, I don't two powertrains. I don't want to pay for maybe for the diesel. Okay, right. I don't want to pay for the six two gas engine in a GM truck. Okay. So for those people who may not need those high-end engines, right, what happens if you have a 2.7 liter in an F-150 or a 2.7 liter in the in the Silverado? Which are two very different powertrains, by the way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, one's a four-cylinder turbo, one's a six-cylinder turbo. They're, they're actually very, very different. Yeah, both turbocharged. Yeah, and by the way, both excellent and both yeah. very, very torquey for their small displacement size. Um, and that's a good question. What about those two for towing? Yeah, exactly. And so, so cooling is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also what's important as part of that is the rear axle ratio. Yeah, that's right. And just how they're rated. So if you look at the ratings, if you buy a F-150 with a 2.7, um, they often are not rated above like 8,000 pounds of towing. So you have to pay close attention to those numbers. Because if you walk in and be like, oh, there's a great deal on this F-150 or whatever it may be with a base engine or, you know, a little bit more basic engine. Uh, keep in mind, so take a look at its towing rating because it could be lower than you expect. Also, just a quick note, if you were talking Ford still, Ford still has available the 3.3 liter, I believe it is. Yeah, straight non-turbo. Yeah, non-turbo V6, yeah. which is weak sauce, but it is for their base fleet trucks, really, is, is really what that powertrain is for. Totally. Um, but uh, 
there, there's still another powertrain that Ford now has introduced, and I briefly mentioned it, and that is their electric powertrain, all-electric Ford Lightning. And that powertrain is completely different. The truck is completely different, even though it looks just like a regular F-150. Would you call it a game-changer, Nathan? <laughs> yeah. Actually, Everybody else almost actually, has. Actually, I, I will, and I have, and I will continue to call it that. There's one thing I want to mention about the truck, because I don't want to make this broadcast about the uh, old Ford or the F-150 Lightning. However, I drove the F-150 Lightning Pro. Now, the Pro is essentially the work model or the entry-level model. The Ford Lightning F-150 Pro, okay, yeah. that vehicle starts at $40,000 with the 230-mile range oh, smaller okay. battery. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. Name for me, either of you. Jay, this goes to you. Okay. A vehicle with all-wheel drive that's electric that starts at 40000 or anywhere near $40,000. And uh, go. All electric or plug-in? All electric. Pure EV. Okay. Pure EV. Name one. Car. Uh, I, I don't think I can. There, you I, can't. There isn't. There isn't. The so least let's, expen- let's just go over this really quickly. Yeah. For example, Kia EV6 starts, I think, higher than that. Way higher than that. Yeah. Uh, Ionic 5? No. That's, that's around the same price. Uh, Mach-E? Mach-E is way more expensive. Uh, Tesla 3? Model more, 3. Model 3 more expensive. For, once again, all-wheel drive, $40,000. By the way, it's, with 230-mile range, approximately. Um, and I'm talking the ID4 with all-wheel drive? Nope. That's even more expensive. Or the BZ4X, all-wheel drive, more expensive. In other words, Ford they did the same thing that they did with the Maverick, <laughs> where they brought in the least expensive option you can get which just happens to be a truck. They did it with the yes. Maverick as yes. a hybrid. The least expensive hybrid you can buy is actually a pickup. Same thing that they did with this vehicle, which I think is brilliant. And here's the cool part, mm. four-wheel independent suspension, standard all-wheel drive, 12.3-inch, both digital display and a Sync 4-enabled screen. You don't need the huge one as far as I'm concerned. You get all this stuff. Um, did I mention the fact that you know, it also tows? It tows, like, what, 7,000 yeah. pounds? Although, granted, with an electric powertrain, not very far. We still don't know what its capabilities are. We're going to find out very, very soon because we are going to get our hands on one properly, yeah. and we will tow with it. But I have a point here to make, which is Ford is introducing this powertrain first amongst this class. Granted, Rivian was first, as far as I'm concerned, with a somewhat mass-produced pickup truck that's electric, and then I guess you can count the GMC Hummer, but that's a different category in many ways. Mm-hmm. But the Ford F-150 Lightning and the Lightning Pro is indeed a proper full-size pickup truck that has electric powertrain. Did you get to tow with it at the event? Did not tow, but I got a chance to take it uh, all over, both on highway and back road okay. stretches. And did a lot, a little bit of light off road, and even though I wasn't supposed to, I apologize for it. You love me, I love you. Um, all in all, though, I, I just read real quickly, and we'll do uh, more videos on this thing in the very near future. Uh, totally blew me away. Did not expect it to be what it, because it drives like an F one fifty, except for just crazy, crazy torque. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not expect it. And that's all I'm going to say. Okay. Done. Well, well, thank you, because I wanted to hear a little bit more. I haven't talked to you about your experience yet. Yeah, so but that's... Roman did tow with one. Okay. And, yeah, yeah. And he and didn't talk about that. Yeah, okay. you guys did talk about okay. that. So the bottom line is that it can tow, and hopefully in the near future we'll be able to figure out 
how much power you lose towing versus you know range and all yeah, that. Yeah, how much range. Yeah. So just to wrap up the half ton full size segment really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll since we talked about the Lightning, let's talk about the Rivian and also Model X, Tesla Model X. Oh, and we forgot about. Ram. We haven't really spoken about Ram. Yeah, yeah. So let's or wrap. Uh, let's wrap those yeah. up. Oh, okay. So real quick, let, let's start with electricity. Um, electricity is uh, a lot of torque, like we just said. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So we've talked with the Rivian on the Ike mm-hmm. up the mountain with eighty one hundred pounds um, and we already mentioned this video uh, really super impressive stability is great because the other thing about electric trucks are heavy so this Rivian uh, we're testing here was about 7100 pounds of curb weight so mm. really nice stable platform suspension was good it's self-leveling of course it's an expensive truck at about 75 plus thousand right, dollars right. um, but on the way down the mountain the good part of the electric truck is regen braking, right? So you're not actually wasting a lot of energy and also putting energy back into the battery. Right. Although with the Rivian, after, you know, going from the Ike back down to Denver, mm-hmm. which is about 40 miles Give plus, or take. Yeah. Um, the regen braking uh, was actually lessened because it was just working too much. And going down the mountain for You don't want to miles. add too much heat, which is one of the things to do, which, by the way, is something else Ford mentioned about regen braking as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you have to watch out, and we'll have to watch out for that in the future as well. We will indeed. So uh, regenerative braking actually has very little, not a whole lot to do with braking because it's really your, your electric system, your motors, that are able to turn into generators as they're getting some free movement and pushing that power back into the batteries. It's the simplest way to explain it. But... Because it's doing that, it is considered braking on its own because it is slowing down while it's sucking up that power. Exactly. So we'll be watching this more closely in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've also uh, towed with a Tesla Model X. And the Tesla Model X was not great for towing. It did okay. Well, it's only rated at 5,000 pounds. Right. It was. Yeah. Right. But it was really the very first time that TFL Studios got to properly tow with an electric vehicle. And we, we, we tried to do certain trips with it and they fell apart because, yeah, because we of were range, learning. range problems. That's yes. exactly it. But I think that that was early stages of range issues. And I suspect that as electric pickup trucks continue, they will improve their ability to not only figure out range, but also hopefully extend. Their- and the network extends exactly, as, well, exactly. as well. So the charging network, I think, is a big part of it because there's almost no pull-through chargers, right? You have to either back into one or park into one, right? Or even disconnect your trailer yes. in order to go into one. To, Which is uh, a huge pain. Say. It's as, a huge as, pain. As we all know. Yeah, so, so that's another thing that we're hoping we'll get in the future for electric pickup trucks. So with electric trucks, I would say they're capable mm-hmm. for shorter distances. Yes. Uh, not cross-country quite yet. I mean, it's just not as convenient, I would say. But it's not feasible, really. Yeah. You just can't make a battery that's big enough yet. But the the battery tech and um, the whole infrastructure, all of that is improving every year. Hell, it's way better this year than it was last year. So you know, in the next two or three years, it's going to be pretty awesome, yeah. I think. So now, that's out of the way. Uh-huh. Now let's talk about V8 engines. Yes. Right, so the Ram Hemi, uh, the 5.7 liter, which has been excellent over the years. And they've kept the same engine, what, for the last like 10 years almost, more? Well, Ram really does two engines that we know of very well when it comes to their half-ton trucks. And one of them is the Pentastar V6, and the other one is the Hemi 5.7 liter V8. And the Hemi can be had 
with I, I don't know, are they still doing the um, light hybrid? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's still okay. around. I wasn't sure because yeah. it's not great. <laughs> um, but the uh, the engines themselves, both the Pentastar and the 5.7 liter, have proven to be very reliable. And this is based on records from other uh, outlets that are out there and that we've checked. So they're strong powertrains, but perhaps not the most efficient. No, but very, very capable. Yes. And we've told with the recently with the Ram 1500 2022 model. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what's remarkable to me is that they've kept those engines the same. The power levels have been the same for several years. So they've tried and true and proven. The V6, you mentioned the Pentastar. Yeah. Uh, it's not great for towing. It's, it's not the best tow uh, powertrain. It's good either. for everything else. Yeah, well, it's a not it's a really good like utility powertrain yeah. where you're going around town and all that stuff. Light towing, fine, mm-hmm. but heavy duty towing, it just strains and it, we push it to super high RPM and we keep thinking we're going to break it. And so far, we haven't you know knock on wood broken one of those, but we suspect they're go, they're going away and we suspect that the Hemi is going to go away in the half ton trucks because the Hurricane is here and I think it's going to show up in those trucks soon. Yeah, the three liter, that's the rumor, because yeah, it's already turbo. in the Grand Wagoneer and the Wagoneer mm-hmm. trucks. So that turbocharged engine, I'm looking forward to, because it's going to be really torquey. Yeah. So if you want a, a good half-ton towing truck, you cannot really go wrong with the Hemi. Uh, also the 6.2, and to some extent the 5.3 GM. Yeah. V8s are both really capable, and we've proven that over and over and over again. We have indeed. Actually, we had the 5.3 with the 10-speed inside of our uh, trail bus that we got rid of a little over a year ago and i gotta tell you that trail bus did not put one wheel wrong it was reliable and we pushed it really hard understand that we don't just drive around town we tow with them we off-road with them we beat up on them we really do put them through we've taken them over off-road trails over the continental divide right so it's not like, you know, when we say, hey, we put 6,000 miles on it, you know, you're like, oh, whatever. Go into Starbucks, miles. no. No, we didn't do it. Well, maybe once or twice at Starbucks. <laughs> but the point is, is that we really do push them hard. And as such, that setup, the 5.3 with that 10-speed, blew me away how good it was and how smooth and how efficient it was. 10-speed, that's the key. Yes. That's a good transition. Not the 8-speed, yeah. the 10-speed. Yes. Um, and then also, of course, the V8 from Nissan. It's also very capable. What a great uh, yeah. endurance, right? The endurance, yeah, the endurance v- V8. V8. That is a great powertrain. I've said it again and again and again. Even the first gen was great. Now that they have the nine-speed automatic hooked up to that V8, it is a little bit more efficient. It's a little bit more relaxed. And it's just a fantastic engine. Great for towing, good grunt, great sound. Yeah. So, and then, so uh, we have to come to this because both Ram, Ram is still selling their diesel too, mm, the three yeah. liter. Um, the eco diesel is still here. So considering all the engines we mentioned, um, the non-turbocharged half-tons, the turbocharged half-tons, the diesels and the V8s and even the electric, what's your, do you have a favorite auto of all those uh, for towing? I'm, I'm talking about towing now. You know, I, I would say that the EcoBoost would be one of them, but it's not. Mm. No, my favorite is the GM Straight Six gas engine. Sorry, gas. <laughs> Let's try that again. My favorite is the GM Straight Six turbo diesel. You have the Hurricane on your mind. I, I have the Hurricane on my mind. I'm really <laughs> curious about that engine. The, uh, everything I've done with that engine and its efficiency has blown me away. It really is that good. I would say that the Ram 3-liter was a little bit better, but they had to kind of detune it, screw around with it in order to make it compliant. And there's a lot going on with that. It's decent. 
but the GM powertrain is better. And in my mind, it's the best thing they build. I like it better than the 6.2 as much as I love a 6.2. I like it better than the 5.3. But more importantly, I like it better than almost everything else out there. But there's one caveat. What, what is it? For people who are looking for a discount truck and just need a good all-around V8 and they don't want the diesel, they don't want a turbo, I'm telling you that that 5.6 liter V8 mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in the Nissan the endurance. is fantastic. It's a great powertrain as well. Yeah. But yeah, I, I would say the GM's uh, straight six diesel is fantastic. I was going to disagree with you, but I won't. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you actually agree with me? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. I think that three liter. So here's my experience recently. Uh -huh. I, I recently was in the 2022 GMC Sierra Denali Ultimate with a three liter diesel because uh -huh. now they're available. Those. They're expanding the availability of that engine. Even that's, a big, that's a heavy truck. Even now, so the 84 has one. Uh -huh. The trail bus now has that diesel. Yes. So you could have off-road models with that engine. And I towed near San Diego, mm -hmm. uh, which is, you know, sea level. Basically. But I was super impressed with that diesel nonetheless. Uh, I told about, what did they say? Uh, GMC, this was a GMC event. Um, it was about 5,000 pounds mm -hmm. behind me. But large square cargo trailer right and that little diesel didn't care it spun its tires when i was trying to merge on the highway <laughs> it just went yeah just kind of took off and great torque great torque smoothness is there sound is kind of quiet yeah yeah around town it yeah. doesn't make a lot of clatter or anything else it sounds kind of like a regular v6 to and me. now now they've boosted its towing capability yes right with a different rear axle ratio so you can get higher numbers mm -hmm. from it up to about nine thousand plus uh, towing, which right. is really important too. Uh, I, I can't say enough good things about it. It's yeah. just really, I think, top for half ton. I would agree. So you and I both agree, and Roman, whether he likes it or not, because the vote goes to us because there's two against one. There we go. He'd probably agree with us, though. He, he uh, thought it was pretty good, too. I, I think so, yeah. Yeah. So, so a great powertrain there. And they're making it more affordable. You know, it's not as expensive yes. as the V8. That's that's the, the thing. So if you go from uh, the the base engines to the diesel, it's not as big as of a no, leap. It's like a couple grand, two, three thousand. Right, and that yeah. is very important as well. Yeah. So that's kind of the call on this one. Yeah. So now we got to switch gears, right? Because we got to talk about heavy duty trucks. Heavy duty trucks. Well, there's only three to choose from. We're not so, counting the Nissan Titan XD in this. Right, because it used to be diesel and now it's not. Right. And it's not really as capable as the other ones. No, it's it, it's kind of an in-between truck. So we're just going to leave that one. It's a good towing truck, mind you, but it's not really part of this class. Yes. So we've got to talk about, uh, obviously, GM, mm -hmm. Ford, and Ram. Yes. The big three are still basically the only ones in this space as Indeed. far as... You, you know, your 2,500, 3,500 class is concerned. We test some class four, you know, 450s. Yeah, but it's rare. And annually, yeah. we're, we're much more in the 250 and 350 yeah. or 2,500, 3,500. Exactly. Yeah. And recently, what within the last two years, we've we've tried every new combination, right? Yeah. Uh, we've told with the gas engines. Mm -hmm. uh, all of them have newer gas engines now. Uh, well, except the Ram has stayed with their Hemi. Yeah, for, for a while. They're a big 6.4, right? Yeah, but they have a ZF transmission now behind it. Yes, uh, yes they do. Since about a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's the 8-speed now. Yeah. Now GM has the new 6.6-liter gas, mm -hmm. um, and Ford has the Godzilla. Yeah, the 7.3-liter, which we had in a project truck as well. So why don't we start with the gas? 
Okay. Which is mostly the 2500s that we've tested. Yeah. And then we'll move on to the diesels on the, on the big, big, big boys. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. So let's let's just uh, outline them first. Yes. Right. So the Ford has the 7.3 mm -hmm. gas V8 with a 10-speed. Yeah. So they're mating it to their heavy-duty 10-speed. Not the same transmission as the F-150. No, no. This one's much more, uh, well, it's beefier, heavier. Well, duty. actually, physically, I mean, just looking at it mm -hmm. uh, side by side, the 10-speed heavy-duty transmission, it's just larger. Yeah, I mean the components are bigger, but which makes sense. Um, and so that, then GM redesigned their uh, gas engine. It's now the six six. It used to be the six zero, mm -hmm. right? Uh, which was well regarded. Yeah, it's, it's just a star star of an engine. You know, really, really strong. Maybe not the world's most powerful, but known to be very reliable. The old one. Yeah, and even uh, my Cadillac Escalade in our Go Big series has one. <laughs> yeah, man, that thing. God. Yeah, did have it. And also, so, you, the, your old Hummer had it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The H2. Yeah. So, by the way, we're wrapping up our Go Big series, which is three big SUVs, used SUVs under $10K. Uh, dollars. Mm -hmm. uh, so, stay tuned for that. Um, it's every Saturday. We've had four episodes already, and the fifth one is dropping this weekend. That's right. And the fifth one, I think, is the most important one. Because I, I, I agree. That, that's the one where we... Build the trucks up a little bit, and we take them to Moab, Utah. And, and this is including the road trip. This is including some of the off-roading yes. that we've done. And uh, we were actually waiting for one of us to break down. Which, we were. Yeah, and you guys have to see what the results are. I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. We worked really hard to make this thing work. So there it is. I, that, that's all I'm going to say about yeah. Go Big. So now GM, um, they still have the six-speed, though, right? Uh, along with their gas engine. Um, now, um, Ram, like we mentioned, 6.4 Hemi V8 mm -hmm. with an 8-speed transmission, which is actually quite wonderful transmission. It's a great transmission. It's one of the smoother ones out there, I think. Yeah. Uh, really, my only issue with it is that you have to rotate a dial when you're driving the big, massive, mean, my favorite former truck, the Power Wagon. And you still have to rotate the Instead around. of pulling a big lever like clunk clunk or clunk clunk or whatever, <laughs> instead you're like, you need a little dial. Okay, there it is. Yay, <laughs> yay, we're, we're, we're in drive. I know you guys, I knew you guys are going to be like, oh, I hate you for that. Okay, great, hate me. But I really do prefer having a lever, a lever of some sort. But that powertrain is still, even though the transmission's new, the engine's pretty old. Yeah, and it's, but it's also kind of tried and true as well. It's tried and true. Um, you know where you can get that uh, lever you were talking about? I think some of the base model Rams still have the column shift. Mm -hmm. Especially if you have a kind of a bench seat in the front. So that's, uh, I believe that's available. Uh, it, you may be um, right. May, maybe. But yeah. It's the only constellation I have. Now, what's interesting is that I, I mentioned the Power Wagon. Um, that's because that's really an off-road oriented truck that can do other truck things, but its towing rating and, and payload are much, much lower than your average work truck's version. And for very good reasons, because the suspension and the drivetrain are really built up in order to be an off-road truck. Ford does this, that as well. Chevy, not so much. Yeah, and the Ford has a Tremor, mm -hmm. the Super Duty Tremor, that's very popular now. Yes. And actually, I just got back from the Overland Expo out in Flagstaff, Arizona. Mm -hmm. And thank you to all of you who came up to me to say hello. Yeah. We, we love that. Yeah, he's a rock star there, isn't he? Well, c kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of weird to think about. But I really appreciated talking to you guys. And several of you said, Andre, because of you, I bought a Super Duty Tremor. And I was like, because of me? Really? No, no, no. I'm like, I, and then I was really scared. I was like, are you happy with it? Because mm -hmm. if you're not, they're probably you know, going to start beating me up, right? Yeah. And not, no, everybody was happy. 
Yeah, we've been getting that about a lot of trucks that have been purchased. In fact, if you guys go onto YouTube, you'll see a lot of, we post a lot of uh, emails that we Community posts, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, about people who are, you know, have watched our videos and they buy trucks accordingly, which is great. But there is a second part to that, which is sometimes a truck works out for one person that doesn't work out for another person for various reasons, the way they drive, what they're hauling, you name it. Now, in our case, what we did was we took a Ford F-250 with the Godzilla, with the automatic transmission, obviously, and we built it up before the trimmer. Exactly. And built basically our version uh, of like a trimmer. Our, yeah, our own version of it. Right. And um, with, with various levels of success, I would say. But we did learn an awful lot about that truck. Now, the new trimmer we've tried, driven as well. Um, and that is rare because it's available not only with the big Godzilla gas engine, but you can get it with the diesel engine as well. And it's directly competing against the Ram Power Wagon. Very interesting trucks. And, and maybe even winning in some respects, right? In some because ways. You, you mentioned the diesel power that Power Wagon does not offer. Right. And that gives it the crazy torque. Yeah. But speaking of torque, let's go back to the gas engines and wrap up the gas. Yes. And which, the diesels. which one do you consider the best towing amongst the gas engines for heavy-duty trucks? So, unfortunately, and we've tested several of these. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I have to kind of put the 6.6 uh, GM engine, which is, by the way, a good new engine. Mm -hmm. It's just not as awesome as the other two. So, the GM engine is kind of on the side for me. Okay. Um, and then it's really kind of a, almost a two-way tie, but it's very close uh -huh. between the Hemi 6.4 yeah. and the Godzilla. By the way, Ford still has a 6.2, the base engine, the base V8 That's is right, still there. That's right, the base V8 is still there, yeah. too, and they're still selling it, but only yeah. in, in, in certain, certain, yeah. certain models. and It's really an entry engine for right. them. Um, so the Godzilla is the one that's more powerful, more torquey, mm -hmm. and also has a 10-speed, which yeah. is actually a really great transmission. Um, uh, which one of those two would you choose? For the gas engines. For the gas engines, for towing, and just all-around use. I, I, I may have to go Godzilla 10-speed. Oh, I'm and sorry, but you're wrong because oh, the Hemi's better. <laughs> no, it's, it's well, well, no, here's my, here's my <laughs> okay, thinking. Please. So um, for heavy-duty truck, we're talking about towing between about twelve to 15,000 pounds. Mm -hmm. Some of these trucks are rated higher. But remember, these are just gas engines right. we're talking about. And what I like about the Godzilla 10-speed combination is that torque is there, first mm. of all. Yeah. And also the 10-speed is really good. You know, the grade shifting on it is really good. I would agree. Uh, yeah, that part. And, and none of these are very efficient while towing. <laughs> no. They no. just are not. No. They just are not. Gas engines towing, yeah. Because you know. high RPMs and they're just burning through a lot of fuel. Right, right. Um, so they're not great for that. But I think that Godzilla is still on on top. I would agree with you with the transmission and everything else. I prefer the, the Hemi, the big Hemi, a little bit more. Mm. Um, I think that the transmission in the Hemi matched with that 6.4 is a fantastic combination. And uh, even though the Hemi is really old and really lacks the tech that the Ford has, mm. as far as I'm concerned in terms of overall power and efficiency, they're very close. And I kind of lean towards the Hemi in this case. I thought, okay. it, I thought it just sounded better to me. kind of felt a little bit more like gutsy, like it was angry, which I like. So yeah. it's a personal choice yeah. in that respect. But in terms of towing, I think the Ford might be a little bit better. But also the Hemi has the, uh, the um, cylinder deactivation system as well. That is correct. So if you're not using, if you're not pulling heavy, 
you may be a little bit more efficient even. You may be a little bit more efficient. Yeah. Let's move on to the diesels because that's really what the heavy duties are all about, yeah, right? It is still. And we're not talking about electricity here. No. I mean, there's nothing electric heavy duty on sale yet. Not yet. Uh, we did. I did drive a Magna prototype heavy that's duty right. truck. That's right. In Michigan, right? Yeah. Uh, with a 10,000 pound, at least 10,000 pound trail. I think it was maybe even a little heavier. So, But the electricity and heavy duty trucks, I think, are currently are just not there because of range. Right. So when you're talking about towing 20,000 pounds, 30,000 pounds, 35,000 pounds, which some of these dualies are now rated at. Right, which is insane. Um, some are going up to 37,000. I think electricity range is not just not there. Maybe five years from now or 10 years from now, we'll be talking about this, uh, but diesel is actually where it's at. And I just want to throw that in there real quick. I think that the next step may be diesel hybrids. Potentially, yeah. yes. Yeah, I think that that's actually what some people are like the to work uh, with. kind of the gap between now and the far future. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with you. You know what? Uh, I've been I've been pushing this rumor, mm-hmm. and it's just a rumor. Okay, is that the new, the next um, 2024-ish Super Duty may have a hybrid? And wouldn't that be interesting? Because so many of you guys have been saying. A hybrid makes total sense with a diesel, and you're right. I mean, look at the trains that are running around the United States. Those things are essentially, well, I mean, they're a little bit more they're, complicated, but yeah. But they're using their diesel engine, lo- locomotive, uh, kind of like generators, exactly. right? And then they have electric motors. Precisely. Exactly. And, and so. they burn along and they do their thing. So we've had the tech for a while, and I think that now is about the time for people to start looking at, hmm, maybe if we add a powertrain, you know, Two powertrains that we know are both very torquey. Can you imagine the torque that it would put out potentially? And and also uh, the benefit of the F one fifty hybrid that we discussed right. is city driving, and a lot of heavy duty trucks are just delivering stuff. They're city driving, and they're extremely heavy, and they're very heavy. Yes. Right. So you might get a little bit of payback, so to speak, if you have a hybrid system. Granted, we just don't know because there's so much going on. Yeah, everything has to be overbuilt in order for it to be a heavy duty anything, right? So here's the heavy-duty class that we basically have, which I think in our case essentially is 2500s or 250s or 3500s or 350s. Those are the two trucks we have, styles of trucks we have experience with doing the Ike Gauntlet for the most part. Yeah, and we're talking about, of course, uh, the 6.7 liter Power Stroke V8. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the 6.7 um, uh, straight six Cummins. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the 6.6 Duramax V8. That's right. Those are the three diesels, Nathan. Right? Yes. But, Jay, don't we have a question from uh, Rick Smith on Patreon uh, related to this? We do. And he's currently he says he's running a 2020-2500 2HD Duramax, approximately three to 4,000 miles a month for work. Dude, that's a lot of miles, actually. Business, yeah. yeah, yeah. This truck is... Fast approaching the end of the powertrain warranty, which understandably frightens him, but he uh, but was purchased for resale value. Thirty to forty miles, or thirty to forty thousand miles a year, consists of a lot of highway driving, but also towing a five thousand pound snowmobile trailer to Michigan's Upper Penin- Peninsula a dozen times a year. In a new truck, I would be looking for the following in order of importance. Hmm. First thing, fuel, fuel economy. Second, comfort and seats. Similar stature to Andre, hmm. Rick is. So, Andre, how tall are you? Uh, b- about 6'2", just a little bit more than 6'3". Okay. No, you're almost 6'3". Let's round when up. I wear my big boy shoes. Yeah, when you wear your big right. boy shoes. 
So in the warranty, he usually keeps the trucks to 100 to 150,000 miles. Uh, next, resale value, and also capable of pulling 5,000 pound snowmobile trailer in deep snow. Well, Rick, well, thank you for the question. Yes, thank you. So Rick really uses his trucks, by yeah. the way. Um, and also, so two of his criteria are very easy. Uh, towing in the snow, well, it's difficult, but any heavy-duty four-wheel drive truck with good tires should be able to tow in the snow. Right, but four-wheel drive is a must. It's, it's a must. Uh, a locker would be appreciated. Mm -hmm. And also, if it's too deep snow, you'll just bury yourself. I've done that. <laughs> Remember a Motor Mountain USA? We buried a Jeep once in the snow towing. Yeah, we, we had some hard times with that Jeep. And that Jeep was set up for some serious off-roading, but it just did not yeah. do well in snow. So there is a limit to what you can do in deep snow. Indeed. Uh, so I'm not sure what you mean there, Rick. I mean, if you want to go through feet of snow, that's probably not going to happen. Right. Um, resale value. Actually, all the diesels we just discussed have great resale value. Yeah, they, they, they do. Did he mention that if he wanted a dually, was that in there at all? Uh, well, I don't think he needs it for 5,000 pounds, to be honest. No, I don't single think he axle. That, no. He's talking about the 2,500, I think. Yeah. Because that's yes. what he has now. So, so we're not talking dualies. Mm. Then warranty. I think every truck in the segment has competitive warranty. Yeah. So at least I think your warranty question can be taken care of there. Right. Uh, now, these are the tough ones. Comfort in seats mm -hmm. and also fuel efficiency. Okay. Ooh. So GM seats haven't been there very comfortable for us recently. Yeah, there's a couple issues with GM actually. And I think for you mentioned earlier lockers. And so we're talking seats, lockers, efficiency, power, capability. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, GM, but at least in this case, dealing with this stuff, I'm gonna take you off the list personally speaking. And I'm gonna put Ford Ram up against each other. And I would say that my choice would probably be Ford, considering With a big power stroke. That power stroke is remarkably capable, and especially on level terrain, pulling just five thousand pounds, it won't sweat it. It won't care. It will idle, probably. Yeah, it just will just burn uh, in a good way. It's just going to fly through the snow, is what I'm trying to say. But on top of that, we've proven that that powertrain is one of the most potent out there. So at least when it comes to the heavy-duty diesel powertrain. And we actually did a drag race just for fun recently, right? Yeah. Uh, we did. We did. We had all three diesel uh, heavy duty trucks. Yeah. Um, we did not have a high output Ram though. However, so you Ram guys and gals uh, mentioned that, of course. Yeah. Uh, but uh, when you get a thirty five hundred truck, you can step up to a high output Cummins with an Ison transmission. That's very important. Yes. Because the Ison transmission is really, really, you know, built for heavy, heavy loads and towing. So I would say uh, if you're considering a Ram, by the way, I think seats are a little bit better in the Ram and the Ford. Yeah, yeah. I th Ram, I think, might have better seats than Ford just by a little bit and a better interior, by the way. There's, yeah. I think still think Ram's interior design is quite good. I'm just going with powertrain on this one, and yeah, Ford, Ford, at least for me, takes it. So, so um, 
I think for me, the high output comments is on the table still, mm -hmm. just because how good that ice and transmission has been, right? And how the how that comments just straight six is really good. Uh, but I, I may have to go on this with you, Nathan, on for for Rick. Yeah, I think the F two fifty for him with that power stroke because you get the same power. Yeah, you know, no matter if it's F two fifty or F three fifty, you still have that torque. It does have torque management. So when you, we were launching it at the drag strip at our airstrip, uh, first second or two, it's kind of pulling torque. You could kind of feel it. Yeah. And then it just lets go and just gives you everything after that. And I have a feeling that it'll work just as well on the snow. We've taken all these vehicles to one degree or another in some form of snow, loose dirt, you know, nasty weather and whatnot. And Ford's system seems to work pretty good in terms of traction control as well. And then we've put all three of these engines, the diesels, on our heavy MPG loop, uh, real world. We towed 30,000 pounds with this. Right. Uh, Mr. Truck was there from mrtruck.com. Mm -hmm. He's our heavy duty guy. Uh, and you know, Ford was on top. I, I cannot say anything else about it. Yeah. It was the most efficient heavyweight towing truck. So between its power and its efficiency and its capability of towing, uh, I, I think that Ford just uh, takes Ram on top. And uh, yeah, it's it's just an impressive piece of work. It truly is. And of course, the Duramax. Uh, let's just bring that up just for, for a second. Oh yeah, they do have the 10-speed Allison branded transmission, which means GM and Allison work together. Uh, Allison tested the transmission that GM basically built, and they mm -hmm. validated it and certified it. So it's not a true, true Allison, but Allison was involved. Uh, which is a famous company from the past. Yes, they uh, are. For transmissions. Now, I, I want to say this about GM because it sounds like we're trying to put them down with the heavy-duty trucks. As a daily driver, I, it might be the best. It's a really, really good setup. Comfort-wise? No. I mean suspension-wise. Suspension-wise yeah. and power-wise. Comfort-wise is the problem. Mm. Every time I sit in one, I, I really have a hard time with the seats. They really need to redo those seats. I'm sorry. I know some of you guys are big GM fans. are like, hey, wait a minute. Well, I'm sorry. It's just for me at least <laughs> and for some other people that I know in this industry, we're not very comfortable driving them because the seats are poorly designed. So there it is. So just throw it out there. Send all emails to Roman Micah at, yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Um, but... Uh, you know, I, I used to own a Duramax yes, I know. for about 10 years. Uh, so I had You one, love that truck. Uh, first gen, first gen Duramax V8. Mm -hmm. And it was a great truck, but I was never hauling anything over, I want to say, like seven or 8,000 pounds. Yeah, it was mostly for your boat. Yeah, and I also had a camper on it. Yeah. So it was really great for having a you know, little camper in the yeah, bed. Yeah, sure. Uh, and towing a boat, mm -hmm. going camping. It was wonderful. This was before DEF. Yeah. Right. This truck was before all the emission systems. That's right. So uh, you used heat in order to kind of burn off. And it excess. wasn't super powerful back then. You yeah. know, it wasn't. It didn't have a thousand pound feet of torque and stuff like Whatever. that. Whatever. It still wor worked really well. Anyway, so, so yeah, hopefully what's going to happen in 2024-ish model year, not 2023 because GM is not redesigning the truck in 23. I think they're going to boost their power on Duramaxes. Yeah, I would agree. And, and, and I think Ford might do something special. And Ram... You know, we are rumoring uh, Rebel Heavy Duty, you know, yeah. potentially coming. Which would so, be really smart, and I have a feeling they will do it. Yeah, so, and I know some of you guys, for example, Chuck Show Podcast, uh, Sean and Lightning, uh, saying that, you know, we may be wrong on this. Uh, or they may be wrong about or, it. Or maybe they're wrong. Slip. They're wrong. 
Okay, so Wrong. we'll see. Time, time will uh, determine who was right, right, Jay? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so we'll have this uh, conversation later yeah. when, when it doesn't come or when it comes. Okay, we'll see what happens with that. So are we going to wrap this show up? Because I think yeah. we're just about there. So I think we kind of nailed it, uh, that if you want to tow with a half-ton full-size truck or a heavy-duty truck, we are favoring diesel engines still. We are indeed. Hopefully... <laughs> Diesel pumps will remain for a little while longer because we thought they were going to vanish at one point. Well, they are expensive now. <laughs> diesel, I, I can't believe this, Nathan. Uh, diesel power, diesel fuel pricing went up way faster and steeper than yeah. gasoline. That, uh, that doesn't feel right. It does, it's, it, not it's, right. You know, it's not right. It's not right. It's oil companies playing games. And by the way, it's not just expensive here. It's expensive in Sweden. It's expensive in the Middle East. It's Across expensive the world, yes. All over the world. So, yeah, thank your local gas company for trying to screw you guys out of every dollar. All right. And with that, happy oh, wow. notes. <laughs> with that happy note, I think we're going to sign off. Jay, do we have anything else? No, that's it for me. Fantastic. Guys, thank you. Have a wonderful week. We will see you next time. Yep. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.